Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to the Neil Before Pod interview segment. I'm your host Craig and I recently had the chance to talk to John Semper, writer of the new DC animated movie Green Lantern Beware My Power. Appearing for the second time on Neil Before Pod, we discuss exploring PTSD, cosmic plots and the importance of the oath. Yes, that oath. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, John. It's Craig from Neil Before Pod. I don't know if you remember, we spoke a few years ago now. We had a long interview about the Spider-Man cartoon when you were doing your Kickstarter for War for the Rocket Men. Yeah, I thought your name was familiar, and I enjoy your writing. I really enjoyed your write-up on Ms. Marvel. Oh, thank you. Which I thoroughly agreed with. I think you really did a very in-depth analysis of it. It's currently my favorite show. I absolutely loved every minute of it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed what I had to say. It's good to speak to you again. So how have you been? Have I been? Good, busy, still doing it, still enjoying what I do and loving this movie that I've just written with Ernie and very happy right now. It's good to see your name show up on this project. It's always good to see people that I've spoken to continuing to do well. So how did you find yourself on this particular project? I was having breakfast with Jim Krieg. Jim and Ernie and I are all very good friends and we see each other frequently, Hollywood frequently, which means maybe several times a year. But I was having breakfast with Jim and he said, yeah, there's something I think I'd like for you to do down the line. And I said, great. And then about a year later, we were having lunch and uh, he said, I'd like you to look over the comic that Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did with Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I really didn't need to look it over because I remembered buying it when I was in college and being blown away by it. So I knew it very well. But he handed me the softcover compilation. And then about a year later, maybe eight months, six months later, around in there, we started. And it was a fun process. We thrashed out a story, Jim, Ernie, and I, and then we ran it past our producer, Butch. Then we started writing. And it was really a very easy process because we all all think alike, given our past experience of working together. And it was really fun. You know, it's funny. Sometimes you write things and it's an ordeal. And then other times things are just easy. And this was an easy one. This was fun. And it's interesting you say about the Green Lantern, Green Arrow connection, because you changed it up a bit for this. It's typically Hal Jordan and Oliver that are friends, whereas in this you change up the relationship by having it be John and Oliver, although there is the Hal Jordan connection in the past of the story, as in it's already happened and yeah. been through stuff. So is that something that appealed to you, just taking those kinds of stories and updating them, changing them around, remixing things? Yeah, well, it's interesting. The mandate to do this story really came from Jim. He's the one who has the master plan and fits it all into the arc of these DC Universe movies. So Ernie and I were handed the assignment. Jim had the clear overview of how he wanted this to go and essentially who was paired up with whom. I found it very appealing because I think you always get a good dramatic story out of an odd couple, out of two people who you think would not even ever be in the same room with one another. I love to do that because that automatically creates conflict and drama and emotional story arc. And watching them come together, watching them work together, watching them appreciate one another, those are elements that, from a dramatic point of view, always work, or mostly always work. Even in the original comic book, it was a similar kind of thing, because Green Lantern and Green Arrow were opposites. Green Arrow was very realistic about life and very realistic about the world, and Hal Jordan was very idealistic. And I think that there was kind of a nice conflict between the two of them. Here, there's even more of a conflict. It's different, but it's strong. And I think that's where good drama comes from. And then in this, you have Green Arrow and the opposite of what you'd expect from him on a cosmic adventure where he's flying spaceships and things, which isn't the typical thing you would associate with that character. Yeah. 
it's a challenge. <laughs> it's kind of like having Batman in the middle of a cosmic fight, battling alongside Superman and Wonder Woman. It gives them an opportunity to demonstrate their almost superhuman abilities as regular humans. Again, it's an interesting proposition. Also, Green Arrow really brings a great deal of humor into every situation. Yeah. And in some ways, being the least super powerful person in the group gives him almost more of an opportunity for humor. And you got to work with some less well-known characters such as Vixen and Adam Strange. They have both been adapted in live action and animation before, but they're less household names in a way than some of the others. So is there a freedom that comes with that with uh, people don't know these characters quite as well. So there's more to dive into and play with. Yeah, I think that there's a freedom to not having Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman involved. I mean, they're great characters, and I'd certainly be delighted to handle any one of them. I have handled them in the past, but by not having them in this, it does give the other characters more of an opportunity to be spotlit. I don't know. I really think that being able to really concentrate on our Green Lantern, Green Arrow story is what the heart of this is all about. I think that the Adam Strange component is an important one. You always have to make sure that there's a reason for a character to be in something. And I think that it's important to not get carried away with just simply the fan service of having the character be there. It's important to really make sure that you have a purpose for them. And the Adam Strange short that precedes our movie, as far as Adam Strange is concerned, really explained who he was and what he had been through and what his particular mental state is prior to our adventure. And I think that coming in when he does and doing what he does, it gives him an opportunity to really shine and it makes sense within the context of the story. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always excited to play with fun characters, but they do have to have a reason to be there. Yeah, of course. And on to John Stewart. A few things I picked up with him in this story is he's dealing with his PTSD, he's dealing with being forced into service again in a way that he doesn't expect and just dealing with finding another purpose or finding a reason to fight. So is that part of the background that appeals about John Stewart that he is this kind of grizzled military type who has seen it all, has seen some awful things before all this happens? Yeah. I think that's the crux of the story. I mean, it's very much apocalypse now in a way that the only way he can get his mind out of the battle is to plunge back into it and work his way through it. And from a writing point of view, from a dramatic point of view, that's about as intense as it can get. He's got to plunge himself back into the very thing that he's still struggling from having escaped that still is wounding him in a way emotionally, that he's got to put himself right back into it. He does so very reluctantly, as you've seen in the movie. But once he's in it, little moments for me are very significant. And one of the moments in this that's significant is when he gets involved in a battle and he realizes that he really wants that ring on his finger. He had taken it off and it was a bit of a distance from him. And he suddenly starts reaching for it. And I think that's a real pivotal moment because it demonstrates that now he's back in it and he's ready to give it his all. And then, of course, the oath. The oath was very important to me because it starts out with him thinking that it's something that's really kind of hokey and trivial, which it kind of is. But then at the end, he realizes what it means and why it's important. And it was important to me to make sure that that transition was best demonstrated by the oath. Yeah, and then there was a bit of imposter syndrome in there as well, because everybody was telling him, oh yeah, Hal Jordan, he was the greatest Green Lantern who ever lived, and now you have his ring, so you have to live up to that 
example. Right. The never meet your heroes scenario. That was an interesting little tidbit for me as well. Yeah. Exaggeration and extremes are what drama frequently thrives on. And it's one thing to have him be the reluctant hero, but to have him be the reluctant hero who's also being measured up against the greatest is just a hyper extension of the pressure that's on him and the kind of hurdles that he has to face. And those are kind of the building blocks of telling a good story. Yeah, it's been great speaking to you and well done on the film. I really enjoyed it. It's great to see your name on things again. As you know, as we've spoken before, I've always enjoyed your writing, always enjoyed the, the stuff you put out. So it's great to see your name on something. I was really excited to see this and it's been great to get to talk to you again. Greg, it's wonderful talking with you and keep up the good writing. I really enjoyed I thought that your dissection of Ms. Marvel was very, very well thought out. Good to talk to you again, too. Thanks very much. Thank you. And we'll speak again, hopefully. That was my discussion with John Sempart. I wish him the very best for his future projects. If you like what you heard, then please hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're listening somewhere that supports a rating, then why not give us five stars and a comment? If you want to discuss this interview, Green Lantern, DC in general, or anything else, then you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, we hope you'll join us next time on Kneel Before Pod.